It's always a privilege to come and worship with family, with friends, acquaintances, loved ones, little ones, big ones, old ones, young ones. It's it's always a pleasure, always a pleasure. If you'll uh, turn in your Bibles with me to Isaiah chapter 9. Churches all over the country and even the world are more full than usual today with people that are attending church to fulfill their religious obligations for the month, the week, the year, I mean, whatever. Another popular one is Easter Sunday. And uh, oftentimes, as a as a minister, it's it can be kind of difficult to minister on those Sundays where it's crowded in the church house because there are so many there just out of their own personal curiosity. There's so many there just to satisfy an obligation, and they're not there out of faith or they're not there out of hunger they're not there because they desire to receive something from God and I'll just as a transparent moment for you it's as a minister it can it can be difficult in that setting and it can be difficult to get to wrap your heart and mind and spirit around what God would have you to do in that type of setting but I I feel comfortable today. I feel very comfortable in the house of the Lord. I don't know um, why that is specifically, but um, it feels good to be together today. It feels good to be together. While there are some here out of curiosity, we welcome you. While there are some here out of obligation, we welcome you. While there are some here because you're with family and you want to be with them, we welcome you also. We welcome you. Thank you so much for choosing whatever reason you chose to be here today. Thank you for choosing to be at home with us today. Thank you so very much. We welcome you. We welcome you. Um, We are going to read a text in a minute, but... um, do things a little different this morning. I uh, last year around this time, I'm a wouldn't say I'm a big Christmas music buff, but I enjoy Christmas music. And I'll be honest, I am the guy who listens to Christmas music in July to cool him down. Absolutely, absolutely, it works like a charm. It feels like a fan sitting on top of me while I'm singing let it snow let it snow let it snow on July 4th it's doesn't make any sense I know it works for me it's a mental thing it's a mental thing um and then my friends and loved ones like to use it as my love for Christmas music like to use it as a uh guerrilla warfare fair tool they'll start singing jingle bells brother bar and then kind of walk away. And five minutes later, I'm like belting it out at the top of my lungs and realize that the seed was planted five minutes before you know who you are. I'm not going to call any names. And thank you. Thank you for 
torturing me. But anyway, last year, uh, around this time, listening to Christmas music, we have some Christmas stations that we choose to listen to as a family. And um, where are you going? I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I had been listening to Christmas music for several days or weeks at the time and had gotten disgusted with how um, selfish I began to feel and how much I had allowed the, the attitude of receiving and the materialism of society to get all up in my mind and began to mess with my own desires. Uh, my thought process was, it was really off. I was getting a bad attitude about all sorts of dumb stuff, not able to, not dumb stuff, but I found myself, I'm normally pretty confident um, as a person when it comes to what I am able to provide my family, but I found myself comparing with, um, with, the, with, with society. And um, I, turned, I turned the music off, and over the last, you know, you think about this stuff off and on, at least I do, over the last year, and then we turned the Christmas music back on recently um, at, for the holiday, and that same stuff started to stir up in me. And it began to challenge me and challenge the way I think, the way I desire, the way I live my life. And the question, the, the question that came up this year, while I think it was, a, it was a positive thing, was why did Jesus really come? And in, in, light, of, in light of the fact that as a, as a body of believers here in Antioch, we celebrate the birth and resurrection of Jesus Christ every single day. Um, our pastor said it recently, I don't believe, he doesn't believe, and some of, maybe some of you do, I don't know. I don't personally believe that Jesus Christ was born on December 25th. There is no historical evidence that supports that. Uh, the only historical evidence we have supports that we have no idea. <laughs> the best we can do is determine based on circumstances that we see in the scripture and sort of surmise the time of year based on the circumstances. And uh, I began to think recently about why Jesus really came. Did Jesus come so that we could fill our bellies with delicious food? It would be awesome. I mean, let's just be, let's face it. Did Jesus come because he wanted us to have... Uh, tons of gifts to unwrap on Christmas morning? Did Jesus come so that all our needs, wants, and desires will be fulfilled every single day, make us feel good each and every day? Is that why Jesus came? Is that why Jesus came? So this morning, more than preaching to you and yelling and hollering and declaring I feel to read some scriptures about why Jesus came, if that's all right with you today. Um, we're going to start with Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1. 
John Hoffman, is that you on the screen? Do you have your phone up there? Is that a yes? I'll text you those scripture lists so that you can have it. Would that be helpful? You're welcome. I love you too. Love you too. All right, thank you. Um, Isaiah chapter 9, we're going to read a few verses here. Verse 1, Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward more grievously afflicted her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan Galilee. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death upon them have lights shined. Thou hast multiplied the nation and not increased the joy. They joy before thee according to the joy in the harvest, and as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor as in the day of Midian. For every battle of the warriors with confused noise and garments rolled in blood. But this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. Verse 6, for unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Interestingly enough, I see nothing in the in that scripture that identifies anything of material. If you look at society, we are either as a society, as a whole, we are either completely ignorant of why Jesus came or we have absolutely or forgotten why Jesus really came. Jesus really came to this earth to be the wonderful counselor. Jesus really came to this earth as the mighty God robed in flesh. That's why he really came. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 says this. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which is what? God with us. The most important, in my estimation, the most important thing about the birth of Jesus Christ is that he came to be with me. He didn't come to... to walk on this earth so that he could just be among us and then say that he came. But he came and he allowed himself to be, to suffer, allowed himself to be beaten, allowed himself to, to, to die and then to be resurrected so that he could be Emmanuel, God with us. So that he, he could truly say that the people that walked in darkness 
have seen a great light. Another reason Jesus came, Isaiah chapter 61 says this. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. There is nothing here that says he came to make me rich. There is nothing here that says he came here to make me feel comfortable in my life. There is nothing here that indicates that the reason he came had anything to do with the material things of this world. The material things of this world are status symbols that make us as humans feel better. Now, that is not to say it is wrong to own property. It's wrong to have things. That's not, it's not wrong. None of those things are wrong. But in our society, these things have become the goal. Right. The thing that we use to verify that we're doing okay. The things we use to verify that, that me, myself, and I, me and mine are taken care of. Right? But this is why Jesus came. He anointed us. He anointed himself to come to preach the good tidings unto the meek. To bind up those with a broken heart. If you're here today and you have a broken heart, whatever the reason, the spirit of the Lord is here to minister and to bind up your broken heart. If you are bound, the spirit of the Lord is here to proclaim liberty to you. The spirit of the Lord is here to open up the prison to them that are bound. Next verse. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. If you're here today, go back. Thank you. If you're here today and you find yourself in mourning, one of the one of the saddest things in our in our in our in our day is that we have no idea how to mourn loss. And I'm not talking about the death of a loved one only. I'm talking about the loss of a job, the loss of a relationship, the loss of any material thing that you were connected to, the loss of your health. These are things that you have to mourn. And the spirit of the Lord is here to comfort you as you mourn. The wonderful thing about this, and this is something that I've only, I'm I'm noticing now because I'm reading it, but it does not say that God is going to remove you from situations that cause you to mourn. There is no reason to expect that the Lord Jesus Christ came to earth to isolate us from life and to keep us so insulated that we'll never experience it. There is no reason to expect that. But what I can expect, what I can expect is that when I am in a season of mourning, when I have lost anything, even if it's my own sanity, 
When I lose anything, I can expect to receive the comfort of the Holy Ghost in my time of mourning. So if you're here today and you're in mourning for any situation, the Spirit of the Lord God is here to comfort you. The Spirit of the Lord God is here to comfort you. Verse 3, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And they that might be called trees, that they, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Amen. Uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 16. Verse, verse 14, excuse me. This is a confirmation of the verses we read from Isaiah chapter 9. That it might be fulfilled which it was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtalim, by the, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee, of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness. The people which sat in darkness. The people which sat in darkness. This is not, say, the city that sat in darkness. This is personal. This is personal for you and I. If you find yourself sitting in darkness, not sitting in the dark of your house. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking darkness of, darkness of mind, darkness of spirit, darkness of soul. Where there, there seems to be no light. There seems to be nothing that you can, you, you can see through. The people which sat in darkness saw great light. And to them which sat in the region in the shadow of death, of light is sprung up. Light is sprung up. The Spirit of God is here. God is here to get to bring light to you, to bring light to your mind, to bring peace to your heart. Amen. The Spirit of God is here to do that. Not because you're good or I'm good, but because this is why he came. He came that we might have life. We're going to read that in a minute. And life more abundantly. He came so that I could, so my sin could be covered. So that I could receive light. Matthew chapter 1. I know we're jumping around here. And she shall bring forth. Matthew chapter 1 verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord, spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, behold, a virgin shall be with child or she shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. God is here to be with us. That's why he's here. God is here to be with us. The psalmist David said it this way. God is for me. 
The apostle Paul said it this way. If God be for us, who can be against us? This has nothing to do with how worthy you and I are. We don't have to obtain material things to receive favor of the Lord. We don't have to pull more, pull more resources into our lives in order to say that God is able to be with me now because I have this or I have that or I'm wearing this or I'm wearing that. But God came with these purposes in mind, with these reasons that we've read in Scripture in mind, so that no matter what status we have, no matter what standing we have in life, he is for us. So that we know he is Emmanuel, God with me. Some of the most precious times I've had with God in, in, in the little bit of life that I have lived has been when he has just reassured me that he knows where I am. It's not always about the, 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 the grand miracle. It's not always, a, those, are, those are fun, but in order, in order to get a miracle, Josh, you have to actually need a miracle. If you don't have need of a miracle, you're probably not going to get one. Every, here's, here's a funny one. Everybody wants a testimony, but the other side of testimony is test and money. <laughs> Who wants a test and a money separate from one another? Testimony is great. But when, we, when you are in a time of test, sometimes the greatest thing you can have is just the witness that God is with me in my test. Sometimes all I need to know is that in my test, God is here. I don't know. It, there, there are times when you go through a test and God gives you a heads up. Say, hey, this is about to happen. All right, good. Thank you, for th- thank you for that. I appreciate that. There are times when you have no heads up. And that's most of the time. You have no heads up when you're going through something. No heads up. And at some point in the middle of it, you're asking the Lord, Lord, this is it, it, assuming you're, you're walking with God and whatever. You're walking with the Lord and the, the question is, are you going to deliver me from this? No, but I'll be, I'll be with you in it. Cool. That's all I need to know. One of the one of the root words for peace in the New Testament is to stay under. Sometimes the peace of God that surpasses all understanding helps us stay under the pressure that we're supposed to be under. Just stay there. Because God is with you. The promise is Emmanuel. Emmanuel is always the promise. Emmanuel. Somebody needs to get this. Emmanuel is always the promise. No matter what you're going through, no matter where you are, no matter who you are, no matter what you're doing. God is with us. That's the promise. That's the promise. If your health is compromised, Emmanuel. 
If your bank account's not right, Emmanuel. If your relationships are a little off, Emmanuel. If life is just generally blah, Emmanuel. God is with us. If you're tormented in your mind, Emmanuel. God is with us. Amen. God is with me. God is with me. Let's personalize it. God is with me. God is with me. Let's say, say, let's say it together. God is with me. God is with me. I want you to take this with you as you leave here today. God is with me. God is with me. Some of you are going to walk out these doors and step into situations and circumstances that you don't like. For some of you, this is the only reprieve you get in the week. I want you to remember, God is with me. But what if it doesn't fix it? It's probably not going to. But that's not the reason we're here. We're here because God is with me. And when we leave, God is with me. No matter what happens, no matter what the results are of my prayers, God is with me. God is with me. There are those of you that are going to walk out of this, this, this building, this house of faith today, this house of prayer, and you're going to begin to say, God is with me. And you know what? That word is going to do some stuff, and there are things that are going to change in your life. That is going to happen. There are those of you that are going to experience change this Christmas. And the thing that's going to get you through it is God is with me. Amen. God is with me. And the final verse that I want to look at today, Brother Hoffman, Luke chapter 2, verse 14. Can you actually uh, go back to verse 10? I think it's verse 10. You know what? Let's, how about this, Brother Hoffman? Let's go back to verse... Genesis 1-1. Thank you, Brother Whaley. That's, that's when I was, that's where I really wanted to go. I was trying to be nice, so I was only going to go back to verse 5. <laughs> In the beginning, no, don't listen to me. <laughs> or actually do. Luke 2-5. <laughs> okay, go back to verse 1 of chapter 2. There we go. <laughs> Thank you. And it came to pass in those, those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made in Cyrene when Cyrene was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David 
to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were, while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. If you were to study what angels do in the Bible, what their primary purpose is, their function, you'd find that there's at least three different categories depending on how you parse out the words and categories and stuff. There's at least three different categories of angels. And the scripture says in um, one of Paul's writings, forgive me for not being able to call out the specific reference right now, but it says, for his glory, all things were created. And one of the primary functions of, of angels, number one, is to give glory to the Lord. But, one, but in addition to that, there are angels who, who in heaven, all they do is proclaim, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. This is, this is all, they, all that they do. In connection with that, these angels only speak what they're told to speak, as is the will of the, the Father. So when, can you put that verse back up, please? Verse 14. So when, you're, when we read through this story and we see what these angels are, are declaring, they are declaring that all the glory goes to God, who is, in the, who, is, who is the highest. And this seems to be the result of what has just happened. The birth of Jesus the Christ. And because Jesus Christ was born, on earth there is peace and goodwill toward men. As we close this service, I know, it's a, I know you're looking at your clocks and going, he's about to be done, yes. Um, as we close this service today, I believe that there is a word of peace that God wants to speak to every heart and to every life that is present. If you're here today and you need peace in your heart, you just want someone to pray for you, I'm asking everyone to close their eyes. Don't worry. I'm not, I'm not going to ask anybody to come up to the front today. But I am going to ask that if you need peace in your heart, you need peace in your life, peace in your family, peace on your job, peace in every area of your life, would you mind just putting a hand up next to you? Everyone with your eyes closed. I don't want anybody feeling pressure. Thank you, Jesus. 
if you are if you are a saint of this church, I'm asking you to open your eyes and look around. There are several with their hands up. As Sister Samantha begins to play, there are those of you here with your hands up. I'm asking some, someone is going to come pray, pray with you and lose peace into your heart, into your life. They're going to minister to you by the help and grace of the Lord. And when you leave here, the promise to you is, Emmanuel, God is with us. If you're here and you're not praying for yourself, would you mind finding one of those with their hands up in their seat? There are several up here on the front row. To my right. The Spirit of the Lord is here to minister peace, to minister love, to minister hope, to minister healing. Come on, that's it. The Spirit of the Lord is moving right now. Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Scripture says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Scripture says that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Sometimes all you need to do is reach out and say, Emmanuel, Jesus, come be with me. Come be with me. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your peace, Father, that surpasses all understanding. That keeps our hearts and minds through you, Father. In the name of Jesus. No matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, the promise is Emmanuel. God with me. God with me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I 
I want to say thank you to everyone again for, for being with us this weekend. This is the conclusion of our service. If, if you are one of our winners and you won a poinsettia, you please come and get it before you leave. Remember, the big ones have been designated elsewhere. Please be mindful of those that are still praying and be respectful of them as you're leaving. Thank you so much for coming. Welcome home. Come again. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. God bless you in Jesus' name.